Hello there, my name is Danny Anderson and I have five questions for interesting people. This is an interview project for the Untaking Substack. The idea behind this series is to amplify the voices of people who think enough of the world that they're willing to do interesting things to make it a little bit better. People who haven't settled into cynicism. I have five questions for them with maybe a little follow-up here and there. Hope you enjoy it. If you'd like to answer the five questions yourself or think you know someone who might, feel welcome to send me an email at the Untaking Substack. And while you're there, please consider signing up for the newsletter, which is entirely free. That way you won't miss any interesting people. And now here's five questions with interesting people. And hello, everybody. Welcome back. And today I am talking to William Cullen. And William is a really excellent writer here on Substack, and he does some really great things. Uh, he has a Substack called Ruins, and he does some really great writing about art. And he does all kinds of other interesting things. If you should check out his Substack, but I will let William uh, tell you what he would like to you about himself. Hi. So yeah, I'm William Cullen. Um, I write about art. I think about art a lot. I'm kind of try to be an artist not really the best but i'm pretty good at writing at it people say so that's my thing i think a lot about what people are saying with art and how they're getting their message across so i've been having a lot of fun on substack the last couple of years yeah how long have you been on it oh it's coming up to my second anniversary oh wow that's crazy you're sort of an old pro at it. you were a, a semi-early adopter <laughs> <I suppose. laughs> You're not one of the Twitter refugees like the rest of us, right? <laughs> uh, no, a little bit earlier than that. <laughs> so that's cool. Well, uh, I'm going to jump right into the five questions. Uh, okay. People watching this or listening to this will probably recognize the format, which I sort of stole from Inside the Actor Studio. I don't know if anybody remembers that show. Uh, these sort of template questions that I ask people who I think are really doing interesting things and who have reached out to me. Uh, so, William, let me just begin with the first one. How are you trying to make the world better with the work that you do? So I think I'm trying to just get people to appreciate the power that art has. Um, people talk about the expressive power of art a lot, self-expression, but I think there's a lot more than that going on. I think art has just so much power to transform how we view things, how we think about the world, the ideas that we believe in our head. Uh, there's a big Percy Shelley quote that I love to tell people. He says that poets are the unacknowledged legislators of the world. And that applies to all artists. I mean, how many of our ideas of how the world works have come from a movie somewhere or some novel or something? You know, we look at a painting, we look at a picture, and we have an idea of some truth about the world that we didn't have before. But I would like more than that, just to help people to understand how that happens. You know, when they see a movie, what is the storyteller and the filmmaker doing to get them to see things? Or when you look at a picture, how is the painter getting your mind to kind of understand and appreciate ideas that the painter had so that's my thing i i want to get more people thinking about art's power what it can do just how amazing it is and that fits right in with the project that i do with my Substack too um i'm really uh, you know the, the name is untaking which is a direct assault on the hot take culture of, of things and it seems to me that you have a a vision for criticism right as, as something that's more about engagement and appreciation uh, right. and, and sort of almost spiritual growth through that process. Yeah. Um, since I'm a Christian, I think a lot about how art interacts with Christianity. And there are a lot of Christians out there who would much rather go through some different avenue of how they interact with the world. And I, I want to say, you know, we could get more interested in art, more think about how we can approach different things going on in culture through the artistic lens also. Yeah. 
Yeah. And what you said before about the way art shapes our world, I am someone who grew up loving movies and such. And, and I will very often have phrases that I say all the time that mm-hmm. I'll eventually rewatch a movie that I saw years ago and realize, oh, that's why I say that. It's just sort of internalized into my body. And I totally didn't even know where it came from after a while. Yeah. We, so, we have a set of phrases like that at my house, too. These <laughs> inside phrases that everybody says repeats over and over. Yes, I, I love when I lose track of where they came from. So, right. uh, and speaking of where they came from, uh, the second question I like to ask is: How did a particular place make you who you are? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I've, uh, so, I've always lived in Nebraska. I'm an Omaha native, and because of that, I've kind of felt separate or isolated from, I guess you could say, the big hotbeds of culture. I'm not an East Coast person. I'm definitely not a Europe person. I've never been to any of those places, actually. So I see a lot of discussion about art and it's talking about art from Europe, art from, you know, New York or Connecticut. And I am apart from that kind of observing Um, a big thing in my Substack is called ruins because I think of these ruined buildings from long ago when we look at them and we wonder what did they mean? But kind of in a contemporary way, here I am in Omaha looking at what's going on in New York and thinking, Oh, what are they doing over there? So I guess, in terms of my place affecting my outlook, I've, I wouldn't say I've felt like an outsider, but definitely not part of the mainstream of what's going on. And that I think shows in your work and the way that you even approach art is not in the way that the majority of people who write about art do. Uh, you, you are sort of, um, you have a bit of an outsider's perspective on thing in the geographic um, background that you have is probably where that comes from. I yeah. again, can relate to that. I'm, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. And um, yeah, I always felt like Cleveland is, is it's not Pittsburgh. It's not Chicago and it's not New York. It's, it's hard to come up with what it is, right? It's a very yeah. kind of uh, in between sort of city in a lot of ways too. And, and I have a lot of great affection still for Cleveland, but, but I do realize that it is sort of an off the grid sort of place. And, and that's certainly shaped me as well. So um, so let's talk about some people now, and this is uh, this is the the gloom and <laughs> this is the the melancholy question. Uh, think about a person that you've lost, and how did the shape of your life change to adjust to that loss? So that was the hardest question, I think, of all of yours to answer. Because on the one hand, I really haven't experienced any really big personal loss in terms of like the conventional a person died or anything like that. But throughout my life, I have had a lot of friends who have moved away or we drifted apart, like friends that I thought I was really close to, but I guess they didn't feel the same about the friendship. So I I think about, you know, my old friends a lot. And I wonder what am I supposed to do with those memories if I just move on and forget about them? I feel like that's kind of dishonoring the friendship that was, but I can't be like Jay Gatsby and just live in the past either. I guess to give a succinct answer to the question, I know there are a few friends who, like if I'm writing, I'll think, you know, I wonder what they would think about that. So it might not affect how I'm writing, but it is kind of kind of in the back of my mind, like I would like to show this to this person. And for, for various reasons, I can't anymore. They just we moved too far apart from each other, moved away, different interests. And there's a little bit of nostalgia, a little bit of sadness there, but what am I supposed to do with it? Yeah. I love how you answered that. I, one of the things that um, 
I purposefully wrote some of these questions vaguely because I don't really, I'm interested in the direction people will take them. And most people are thinking of this in terms of like death, right? And right. you've interpreted it in a much, a, a very nuanced and interesting way. And I love that. So yeah, that word lost can have a lot of different meanings. <laughs> exactly. That was wonderful. Um, and so I'm sure you're going to answer this. Uh, what's a beautiful thing that most people don't appreciate enough? I love, I want to hear what you have to say about this houses so yeah, my family we love walking around different neighborhoods just looking at the houses now the part of town we live in is very eclectic lots of different styles lots of different kinds of architecture and we'll just take long walks an hour or so looking at the houses and there's different styles but each house is unique in different ways not only the architecture but the different plants people put out in the yard you know what kind of chairs do they have on the front porch all sorts of details like that. And it's just fascinating. There is so much to see when you look around at houses. What do you think of HGTV and the sort of homogenous aesthetic that that is Ooh. wrought upon America? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sad for that. Um, we've made choices to stick in one house and never move anywhere. And it's been working out pretty well. The whole idea of let's buy a house just to sell it later. Well, I don't understand that. Maybe that's some people's thing, but I don't I don't get that. Um, you know, it sure does make it easier to sell the house again if it's always going to be the same color, but you know, that's I don't know what to say about that. It's not my thing. Yeah. But it's aesthetically like also, I don't know, depressing and and I just I feel like our living spaces are important. The 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 variety of our life should be expressed in those. I mean, I'm in my office at work and right. my little horror posters are <laughs> my Hannibal wall over here. Right. And, uh, and so, yeah, it, like I do feel like the spaces we inhabit should uh, somehow reflect or somehow some of ourselves should seep onto those spaces. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, currently in my house, we have all sorts of stuff. The kids tape to the walls, drawings they made <laughs> and things like that. And every once in a while, it gets too much. I'll have to take some out. But I usually like to leave them around for a little while. Yes. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And what a great answer. Yes, houses are an underappreciated thing. And we should we should think more closely about uh, the kinds of lives we design for ourselves, I think. And finally, um, thinking novelistically, you're a creative person. So if your life were a novel, what would the final chapter be? One thing that I would really love to do when I'm old 70 plus is get back into botany i was actually going to study botany and i was going to go to school and reform the whole discipline of botany and then i met this girl got married and stuff changed and part of me still lives in that that intellectual space like i want to just do crazy stuff in the garden i want to rearrange the whole taxonomy of how the plant families are made up i would love to have the last 10 15 years or so be just botany that's amazing. Okay. And so are you botany meaning you have to explain it to me a little bit. Uh the cultivation of new plants, uh, or like cross, you know, uh breeding or whatever they call it. I don't know. Yeah, that would be some of that. Crossbreeding, making new varieties of vegetables. I like to have a little garden in the backyard. And I thought it'd be fun to try some new things. But even more than that, when I was interested in botany, just studying the wild plants, there were some things where I thought wow, we could just really arrange how, like the taxonomy of how plants are talked about. There are some things that I think could be changed. Some big major structural things and how people talk about plants, basically. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be, it's going to be take way too long to describe what I mean right now. But one of these days when I'm old and mad and I don't have any other responsibilities. 
<laughs> Why don't you write about this? Uh, you've got to do a Substack <laughs> post about this. At least give us a, a hint of what you're talking about. This is so right. And honestly, all your answers really do kind of like point back to why I, you know, I'm happy to have you uh, on this show today because you do like have a, you look at everything you look at specifically and with an appreciation for it as it is, right? Uh, you, you don't try to yep. bring something from outside of it on posing it onto it. Uh, and so whether it's your houses or the uh, whatever the tomato plants in your in your garden, uh, you have this way of uh, you have a very kind of active uh, sense of appreciation, which I, I appreciate myself. So, well, that's good to hear. That's great. Uh, well, William, thank you so much. This has been a really fun little conversation. I love the format of these short uh, these short interviews. Uh, yeah. So much about a person in such a short period of time by the way they interpret these questions as well as the answers they give. I do want to give you a little bit of opportunity to plug your stuff. I know you have a uh, uh, an idiosyncratic uh, view of audience engagement, but I assume people you want people to be able to find ruins. And so why don't you talk a little bit about what you do and where they can find you? Yeah, so it's really easy. Just type in ruins.blog. It'll take you straight there. There's it's mostly it's art related um, paintings, books, movies, music, some other weird stuff in there here and there. But basically my attitude, like you said, I'm, I'm kind of an outsider, uh, but I want to appreciate everything and not impose some sort of critical view on it. So I'll talk about I've, I've talked about some weird stuff. I've talked about Conway's Game of Life. I've talked about vaporwave music. Um, oh, I've talked about all kinds of stuff. Oh, no, it's well well worth a look. Ruins.blog. I'm sure your readers will really enjoy it. And I'll put a link to it in the description below this video or audio, wherever, however you're consuming this. And, uh, and let me just say, before I let you go, nobody appreciates generalists enough, uh, I think, in our, in our day and age. Uh, we've over, I mean, we just idolize experts and, uh, and specialists, right? And, and I feel like uh, there's a real beauty in being a generalist uh, that is kind of lost on the modern world. And when you think about so many of the great minds of our past, they were all in uh, lots of things. They were all fascinated with lots of things. And, and I, I would really love to see our world pick that up a little bit more. And, and you're yeah. a really good example. It makes me feel good to know you're out there in Nebraska doing what you do. Well, thank you very much. And uh, thank you, William. And thanks for listening. And remember, if you want to be a guest on this, uh, go to the Substack Untaking and message me through there. And I'm more than happy to uh, talk to you about uh, coming on the show. It's pretty easy, right? Not too, not too intimidating. So, yeah. uh, all right. Well, thank you, William. And thank you for watching. Yep.